Compassion is a call to action. It helps us reach beyond comfort zones, friend circles, and ward boundaries to serve and love like Jesus would. Hi, and welcome to Magnify, an LDS Living podcast where we cheer, inspire, and embolden each other as women and followers of Christ. We hope to use our influence to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a grilling enthusiast who loves God. One thing I've been learning as I've studied out what it is to be a peacemaker is that being a peacemaker isn't passive. It requires action on our part. Today, we're talking about the action behind compassion and how that helps to bring more peace into our lives and the world. I'm excited to discuss compassion today with Callie Black. Which, Callie, seriously, I'm so, I know how busy it is, especially with all those young kids and everything you're doing. So thank you so much for being here. Well, it's busy, but it's also nice to then be able to just take a pause and talk about something awesome. So I love it. Okay, before we get into our discussion, which I'm really excited to dive into that today, I would love to get to know you and our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So we have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Ooh, all right. You ready? Ready. Bring it on. Okay, you have an Instagram account called Come Follow Me Study with over 100,000 followers And I just am curious, what is the difference between how it has ended up today versus what you imagined it when you began? I had zero expectations other than this huge, it was like a prompt. I mean, for sure, it was a spiritual moment to start this account to help teach the young women in my ward about Come Follow Me. And then the followers just came and I was like, Okay, wait, <laughs> like what What just happened? And I'm not sure where to go with this. And it's been this beautiful, messy experience over the past four and a half years now that I've run this account and it's it's big now and it's so much fun. Like there are so many amazing people and I get to just talk about the scriptures with them all day. I get to put out my thoughts and people respond and ask questions. And we figure things out together and we... We figure out, like, how do these scriptures apply to me right now? How can I change today because of what I read in the scriptures today? Love that. Okay, this next question might be a little unfair because I don't even know if you have a free hour. But when you have a (laughs) free hour to do something you don't usually have time for, what do you love to do? Hmm. Okay, honestly... I love to play the piano and I don't get time to play the piano very much in my current stage of life. I'm not like taking formal lessons, right? And so it's usually just if someone needs a musical number for church, I'll practice for that or whatever. But to just sit down with a book at the piano and play through a whole bunch of songs is so relaxing And it's like challenging enough, but not too hard where I can just like, it's a little bit of a challenge, but I get to just enjoy it and try out some new songs. I enjoy that a lot. And I wish, I'll say, I wish I created more time for that because I always believe we have a choice with our time. Playing the piano is just like a fun, fun thing to do if I'm the one choosing what songs I'm going to play through and stuff. Right. Yeah. I have zero talent. 
there. So that would not be where <laughs> I would love to go spend an hour. <laughs> but I do love like that idea of if I had a free hour, what is something that I would love to do that I usually don't create time for, right? And maybe I need to create a little more time for that if I'm wanting to. Well, Callie, I am so anxious to talk to you today because we're going to be talking about how compassion helps us rise to the prophet's call to bring about peace in the world from home to community and beyond. But part of being compassionate requires us to be active in our efforts to be peacemakers. In the guide to the scriptures, it reads, in the scriptures, compassion means literally to suffer with. It also means to show sympathy, pity, and mercy for another. And I think it's interesting that our prophet has asked us and has actually pled with us to become and be peacemakers. And part of that effort to be a peacemaker involves compassion. And so why do you think compassion is so important? And what do you think of that definition of compassion to suffer with? Okay, so let's start with the definition because come compassion, right? Like co you're doing it with someone else, right? Yeah. This idea of suffering with them, I think can be really beautiful in certain situations. We just had a situation this past weekend where someone had a a heartbreaking anniversary of a loss. And we all came together and did this big service project and it was a cool experience. And in my heart, I mourned with this mother who had lost a child. I felt that struggle, that compassion for her. It's like we were mourning together. And I think the cool part of compassion, though, is that we don't necessarily leave it that point, right? It's not just the feeling, oh, I feel bad for you. I feel just a small portion of your pain. It's then, okay, what can I, what can I do with this? What can this propel me to do? I'm going to go to the service project. I'm going to send the text. I'm going to show love to the other kids, whatever it is. It's what is that next step? I don't know. I'm, do we always have to feel their pain with them to feel that compassion? I think that's an interesting question to dive into. What do you what do you think about that? Well, that's what I've thought so much about, like to suffer with. If that's truly compassion, do I have the ability to suffer with everybody in my life that needs compassion? And especially even as a teacher, right? I have 160 teenagers who need compassion. And can I suffer with them in those moments? Do I have the ability or even the mental capacity? I don't think I do. But I know that the Savior does. So is compassion helping someone lead them to the Savior? I love that definition of compassion to suffer with as we talk about the Savior's compassion. So even if we go back to that definition from the beginning, that I think I need to study a little bit more, that compassion means to suffer with, maybe compassion is also to help alleviate suffering, 
right? That I can do what I can to help alleviate suffering, not necessarily feel all those emotions, but I can, with my Savior, help alleviate their suffering. I like that. And it's, yeah, we don't have to step into like the full range of their emotion, but to just kind of recognize, man, that would be tough. That would be really hard. There's also so many times when I don't know what it's like to have, you know, I have a good friend whose spouse has stepped away from the church and has caused some really tricky situations. I don't know what that's like. And yet my heart is just filled with that compassion of what can I do to help? What can I do to lighten your load? What are some things that might be tricky that I'm not even thinking of right now that I can help you with in order to help us all out, to lighten each other's load, to do what Jesus would do? Yeah, because I think sometimes we think we have to do it all alone, even from the Savior's perfect example of of his compassion that he will suffer with us. And there is no need for us to do it alone. I even think of the Savior when he went to Lazarus and Lazarus had passed away and his sisters were weeping and Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he took those moments to weep with them and show compassion right? That sometimes it's in that compassion where healing comes, where empathy is found and and the Savior shows compassion for us and with us. And it is never anything we need to do alone. It's not a badge of honor, right? To suffer alone, which I think sometimes we think it is. Oh, absolutely. I can handle this. I don't need anyone's help. I got it. Right, right. And yet Jesus is like, no, let me help you. <laughs> Please. Let me help you. I understand. I understand even when no one else understands, even when you have those moments where you're like, no one else could have true empathy because they don't get this exact issue that I'm dealing with. He does. And he can help lift us up and take that action. He can show us the next step. So, Callie, when have you felt the Lord's compassion in your life? When has he suffered with you? Uh, many little, little times. Raising kids has been the biggest blessing and the craziest experience ever. Right now, my kids are five, three, and one. So a lot of little kids, a lot of figuring out what my kids need and what my kids don't need. And there have been many times where it's just the end of the day and I don't know what to do and I need help. And oftentimes I'm alone. My husband serves a lot and works a lot. And it's a lot of times me at the end of the day saying, man, I don't know what this kid needs. And I am so frustrated and and. You know, I've gone through so much today already. I don't know what more I can do. And I pray so hard. And I say, please help me have compassion on my kid. Because I know they've had a tough day too. And I know this may be a tough experience. And when I pray, the thing that I often feel the most is the Savior's compassion for me. 
Because all of a sudden I start judging myself. I shouldn't be feeling this way about my kid. I shouldn't. I am not a great mom if I'm feeling annoyed by my child right now. Or I'm sure other moms could handle these issues. And here I am struggling. And I start piling all these judgments on top of myself. And I feel the Savior showing me, man, this kid is lucky to have you as a mom because you can figure it out. And when Elder Uddorf gave that beautiful talk for the strength of parents and he said, no one else can love your kid the way you do. I think about that all the time. That is my power for my kids. I love them more than anyone else. And so I can get to that beautiful compassion for them. But in the meantime, I need a lot of compassion for myself in figuring out what they need. And I think the Savior has shown me that in just very quiet, stressful, frustrating moments every single day, that peace that comes from knowing that he has compassion on me in my weaknesses and the things that I still need to figure out. And isn't that powerful to think if we go back to that definition that the Savior has compassion because he's suffering with us in those moments. And and I don't know what it is about nighttime, Callie, and sometimes those like dark nights and maybe when everybody else seems asleep or, or not there where I feel the most alone or I'm struggling with whatever that could be with health issues or being a better parent or being a better teacher or whatever's going on in my life in those really lonely moments in the middle of the night when I can turn to the Savior and feel of his compassion, right? To feel that he understands, that he knows he gives me compassion for myself. What a gift, right? Yeah. President Nelson goes on to say this, and this was probably one of the quotes that struck me the most the first time I read this talk. He said this, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be examples of how to interact with others, especially when we have differences of opinion. One of the easiest ways to identify a true follower of Jesus Christ is how compassionately that person treats other people. What does that mean to you on a day to day? Yeah, I mean, you can just see all the social media posts, right? Like how compassionately they treat others. I I think that quote is immortalized, that is beautiful. To me, it took me a long time to realize how judgmental I was. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, I'm not that judgmental. And then they're like, oh, but oh. also, did you? <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Did you see this? Yeah, right. Like you're, you're constantly saying judgments about people or things or whatever it is. And so it's been this huge focus journey for me, probably the past five-ish years of my life, to really try and get away from judging people because I just felt like I always had an opinion on what other people were doing and I didn't like it, but I wasn't sure how to stop it. And this word actually came up. Elder Suarez gave a talk, I think it was two years ago, and I even went back to my notes. I like circled it and I was like, this is the talk because it was all about compassion. And I was like, I've never really focused on that word before. I think a lot of times I skip over it in the scripture. I mean, I don't know. Jesus was moved with compassion and he did this. Cool. That, that's great. Right. But when elders were as focused in on, here's what compassion really is. And here's how it can change who you are. 
that was a huge step for me in this journey to realize that people don't need my judgment. They need my compassion. When they are late to drop off their kids somewhere, they need someone who's going to say, are you okay? How are things going? Instead of they're late again. And so I have tried to turn into the person who's asking, how are things going? Instead of even in my mind thinking those judgmental comments. It's in every interaction with friends, with people at the store, even at church, you know, when I'm interacting with people and callings, I think so often our brains want to judge how someone's teaching a lesson or how they're giving a talk or how leadership in your ward is organizing XYZ. And to move to that place of, man, I love them that they are willing to get up and teach a lesson. That is amazing. And I feel this compassion for them. And when leaders are making decisions about, I don't know, some board party or how they're going to do Fifth Sunday, it's that's awesome. Good for them for volunteering their time to try and figure this out. So to see how compassion has changed my life, it's everything. It's the little things. It has changed quite literally how I interact with everyone day to day. And just want to be clear, I'm not I'm not even close to perfect at it. I'm still doing a lot of the judgment stuff. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to ask you. So you said you started really focusing on this about five years ago. Yeah. Has it become more natural for you to look at people with compassion? Was it hard at the beginning? How did you get into that practice or that habit? Yes. So it was very hard at the beginning, but I, what I would try and do is at the end of each day, I would kind of take a little mental notation. How am I doing with building compassion? What were the judgments that I said? And I started with the judgments I would say out loud, which to be honest, usually were to my husband. <laughs> like, okay, I've got to tell you about this experience today. And so at first I started to try and rein in the judgments I was like verbally saying out loud and making sure that instead I would build compassion before I would say those judgments. And then I didn't want to say the judgments anymore. I'd be like, you know what? Good for them for even showing up. That's awesome. And then I didn't have anything to complain to them about anymore. I'm like, oh. Then it's worked into my thoughts and just making sure, trying to catch when I do have those judgmental thoughts. It was really, really hard at first, but it's been a really cool journey where I do feel like I've actually made a lot of progress, but I still have a long, long ways to go on catching everything. <laughs> okay. Quick question for you then. What do you think is one of the greatest blessings that's come into your life because you've been focusing on compassion. Inner peace, 100%. That calmness where I don't feel like I have to have this dramatic story for every little thing that happens in my life. It's not like we're coming home from church and I'm like, Okay, let me tell you about Relief Society today because things are crazy. Instead, it's just this calm where I get to be like, come, it was great. Everything was great. Everything was, everyone's so good. I love everyone. They're doing such a good job. They're doing their best. And I don't feel like I have to have this judgment or, you know, where I feel like I'm understanding what everyone's doing and instead just, just being calm, letting people do their own thing, let everyone do their best. Is there something I can do to help someone out mm. to make things better, you know, and kind of feeling those promptings 
And if I'm not going to do anything about it, then I'm not going to say anything about it either. Oh, I like that. If I'm not going to do anything about it, then I'm not going to say anything about it. That's been a big one for me. (laughs) And isn't that so interesting that the prophet has asked us to be peacemakers and you have found inner peace through compassion? It's the biggest tool for me. Like I cannot overstate how much compassion and leaving out judgment has led me to just feel peace and I hope spread peace in the interactions I have too with friends, hopefully with kids too. I I don't know. Well, going back to that talk from Elder Suarez that you mentioned, he said this, he said, the Savior acted compassionately toward all who would come unto him without distinction and most especially toward those who most needed his help. There are two phrases from that quote that stand out to me. The first one is without distinction. And then those who most needed his help. So what do you think it means to act compassionately in your life without distinction? I mean, I think we all know that we label, we put up walls, we have different identities that we have. We do it to ourselves very often as well. Uh, I love that when Peter in the book of Acts gets the revelation that the gospel can go to all of the world, right? All the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And he says that famous phrase that God is no respecter of persons. And for the longest time, I didn't really understand what that meant. But as I've studied that, along with so many other gospel aspects in my life, I'm like, this is for everyone. This is not just for the people in your ward. It's not just for the people that you're friends with. It's for the person online posting that thing that you don't like at all. That's the trickiest part, right? Like, compassion is for that person. Compassion is for the person that you don't agree with their life choices at all. Compassion is for the person on the other side of the political aisle from where you are. Compassion is for someone who doesn't think organized religion is good or who has left the church. Compassion is for everyone. And when we open our minds up to realize that, that can be super intimidating because it gets tough to have compassion on someone when you don't like a lot of things about them necessarily. It's easier to show compassion on those who are in your immediate circles who think like you do and have the same belief system and they're in your world. Sometimes that can be a little easier to show compassion. But Elder Suarez also said that Jesus was able to identify people's needs even at a distance. And if we truly want to show compassion, it means showing compassion at a distance with somebody online, with somebody that we don't necessarily talk to or speak with or aren't in our immediate circles. I was just having a conversation with my sister-in-law a couple days ago, and she listened to a talk I used to see from Michelle Craig about kind of noticing those around you. And she thought, can I expand my circle? Can I expand my compassion? And she goes in and gets a Diet Coke at a gas station where she lives in Indiana every day. And She started having a conversation with the checkout clerk and 
just learned more of her story and her, her of her experiences and and felt compassion for her and invited her to lunch and I think that's what compassion is is expanding our circle right showing compassion when it's harder when it's not so easy that's so big you said that Jesus could notice needs from a distance and my first thought was but then he moved closer right like we see people from a distance and then we move closer to learn more of their story. If you don't have anyone in your circle who's very different than you, then we've got to do the moving. We've got to go find people that are experiencing a lot of different things. That's on us to move closer to find the needs. And I mean, that's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Callie, isn't that what the Good Samaritan did? Like he was across the street. Yes. And he saw the need. And then what did he do? He moved closer to help alleviate suffering. That's perfect. Literally, he had come. And that's one of the examples in the scriptures where compassion is literally the word used. He had compassion. He crossed those cultural boundaries, everything that said that he should not help this man. And he did it anyways, because he saw a need. I imagine he had to have realized this person is also a son of God. This person has worth. This person is loved. I feel the prompting and I'm going to respond to it and I'm going to help them with what they need right now. Have you ever felt intimidated by that, Callie? Like that idea of what if they don't need my help or what if I don't know what to say or what if I don't know how to help them? Does that ever stop you from crossing the street all the time all the time unfortunately it does because i know i've heard the advice that we don't just say let me know if you need anything but instead you offer something right like you say let me bring you dinner let me watch your kids but then the flip side of that is that sometimes i get caught in that paralysis where i'm like well i'm not sure what to offer them so then i'm not sure what to even so then I end up not saying anything because I don't feel like I have anything specific to offer. I don't want to offend with an offer that I'm making. That's really tough. I I absolutely have missed service opportunities because I just have not said anything because I've overthought what I would even say. What do you tell yourself when you missed an opportunity? I say say something. Even if it is, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> I, I'd rather say that than nothing, because then that person at least knows that they were thought of. And now hopefully I can then follow that up and, and come up with more sincere things. But I can be a total overthinker. And so if that's going to stop me from doing anything, I'd rather do something. Yeah. And then often, actually, that opens the door to understanding a little bit more what they do need at that point. So. It's tough, though. It's hard. It's so hard. And I try and live by this mantra that I heard from Sister Camilla Kimball so long ago. Never suppress a generous thought. Right? Because I question, I doubt, I think, oh, yes. I shouldn't do it. And but I just keep thinking, don't suppress it. Just go do it. Go say something. Go be there. And 99% of the time, I've never been looked on with, oh, why are you here? Or most of the time, it's I'm learning more about my Savior. And so even if it's just for me, 
Like you said earlier, when I show compassion, he heals a little bit of me in the in the process, right? Right. And we, at the end of the day, we can't control how other people react to what we do. I'm going to focus on my journey, which is I want to do something as sensitively as I can. And hopefully whatever shortcomings I have, the Savior can can take it from there. Of course, he can take it from there. So as you've been on this journey to understand compassion and to show compassion to others, and I also love how you've learned to show compassion to yourself. What have you learned about the Savior? He is so full of grace and forgiveness, full of grace and forgiveness, because every time that I think about the help that I really need. I'm like, what am I, what do I really need right now? I'm like, that, that is a lot. That is a lot. I need a lot of help. And every time the savior takes me on the next step, he shows me what that next step is. He shows me it's okay. It's okay to mess up and here, try again. It's that cliche of um, my one-year-old daughter is learning how to walk right now. And every time I have a kid walk, I'm like, now I get why everyone uses this as a gospel analogy, because it's so true that as she's learning to walk, she keeps falling down. And do we ever criticize her for falling down? No, we're cheering her on. We're cheering her on. And the closer and closer she gets, we're cheering even louder. And every time she falls, we're still cheering. And I just love that image, literally, of Heavenly Father and Jesus looking at me, looking at Callie, and cheering me on, saying, you've got this. And even when I make a mistake, they're saying, you've got this. And when I start judging people and criticizing and I'm not following through on promptings, they're still saying, you've got this. And that, I mean, that's overwhelming. I can't even, I can't even (laughs) say what that feels like to really think about, but there's so much love and compassion and forgiveness and joy and if I'm not feeling those emotions, I've got some work to do. Like I, I can take some steps in order to get more in alignment and tap into that, those beautiful emotions of love and peace that they're spreading. And it is, it's overwhelming how much love and understanding and overall compassion they feel for me. I think that's what I'm learning the most through my discipleship and my journey the more I try to become like him or the more I try and be a peacemaker or to show compassion, the more I feel his love and influence in my life. Well, Callie, we love to end every episode with a small and simple challenge. It's a reminder that we can take these spiritual messages that we listen to every week and apply them into our lives. So what is your small and simple challenge for us to take the action to be more compassionate this week? Okay, so my small and simple challenge is going to be for this next week, every evening, think about a judgment that you thought of someone else that day and instead 
think about how you could feel compassion for them. And if you just do that just with one thought at the end of each day, I have a feeling it's going to get easier and easier to start switching them in the moment. It's taken me like a few years of doing this, but this has been one of the most powerful, simple little practices is recognizing what was a judgment I thought or maybe even said, how can I build compassion and then try it again the next day and try it again the next day. That's a powerful tool. And also to remind ourselves that it's taken you a few years. So it it might take us some time, but that's that's a beautiful place to start. Callie, seriously, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. One thing that Callie said that will stay with me is that people don't need my judgment. They need my compassion. And the more compassion we can show to others will bring more inner peace. Thank you for being here and hop on over to Instagram at Magnify Community for more inspiration and conversation. And of course, subscribe and listen to the Magnify podcast wherever you get your shows. See you next week.